to Doxacast. This is Daniel Silver. And this is Addie Mena. And today we will be discussing The Last Jedi. So I just saw this yesterday for the second time. And my general view is that it's pretty positive. I, I tend to, to like it. What did you think, Addie? Yeah, I, I thought it had some really high highs. And we won't go into the whole Raylo thing. I know that that's very contentious even now that it's been out for a while but um, but please send us your thoughts on it uh. <laughs> no <laughs> just let you know they will get filed into a separate folder <laughs> so one of the main themes that i thought was really interesting especially to us as uh, christians is this running theme of the, the past you know this obsession with letting the past That's die um, you know kylo ren is very insistent that the past must die but even Luke is insistent that the past dies. You know, the Jedi right. has to die. The and, and and everyone seems kind of... The theme of the movie is letting the past die and letting this new generation take place. Right, but it doesn't really seem... So there's a couple of different ways that you can go about it. Um, and I like that one of them that Luke brings up is in that final fight with Kylo Ren where he talks about how Han Solo is always going to be with him because he killed him and he's going to be carrying that guilt with him his whole life and therefore the past can't die and the the idea that the past dying like what does that actually mean does it mean the past will be forgotten does it mean that the practices are going to be forgotten? it seems to be kind of nebulous but yet it's this pervading theme throughout the entirety of the movie um so I'm interested to see how that will turn out, but it, also there's like so many different threads with what the past dying is that are already present in the movie. I, we thought it would be fun to tease out what it means. Yeah, and um, one of the first things that we wanted to discuss was just this idea of the Jedi Order, because the Jedi Order is the main thing that seems to need to die. die. Yeah, um, and even Luke is it believes in that. Right, very insistent on not training any more Jedi, only teaching Rey enough about the Jedi, so that she knows why they need to not exist anymore. Um, and then th- there's of course the f- very famous Yoda and Luke sitting by the tree with all of the Jedi texts, and they all just go up in flames, um, in very Yoda fashion. <laughs> And I thought that was really interesting to me because this idea that we actually have text of the Jedi, like that that's an idea that we didn't see necessarily in the original trilogy right. and the prequel kind of hinted at it with the Jedi library, but we weren't, we didn't know that there were like these actual texts. Um, right. And that's kind of interesting to us as, as Christians and specifically Orthodox and Catholic in, you know, what is our relationship as of religion to these texts that we have you know what what is our relationship to the bible and to like other writings of the apostolic fathers right um and and also like how does that relate to practice i mean so much of what we've seen of the jedi so far has been related to practice and to meditation slash prayer and to sort of this religious code that they live by um it's kind of been interesting over the course of um, Rogue One and this movie to start to see other aspects of, okay, what does the Force look like and what does Force belief look like with somebody who's not essentially a monk? What does it look like for um, Jyn Erso? 
Um, and what does it, you know, mean for there to be texts of, you know, the force, essentially? And it's really interesting because, um, you know, in the rebellion, you've always had, even in the original ones, the, you know, this kind of benediction, whenever something's about to happen, may the force be with you. And with your spirit. And what we really see in The Last Jedi is we see this kind of larger expansion of Jedi as almost a religion of sorts that people even who even who aren't Jedi can still be members of. We saw this in Rogue One where we had, um, you know, the, those two characters who were the the monks, um, protectors, guardians of the temple, um, and it's kind of interesting, that, you know, some guardians of the wills, I believe. Yeah, and it, it's really fascinating. Um, you had brought up an, an article that you had read from from Tablet, um, and I thought there's. And it's really interesting uh, because they're coming at it from Jediism as a kind of um, analogy for Reformed Judaism um, and Orthodox Judaism. And it's really interesting that in Rogue One you have these characters after the destruction of the temple. And so it's like right. the, the parallels, I think, are very clear there. Right. Um, and then what does it mean sort of following that along for um, – in the article they talk about well it seems like being a Jedi is starting to be divorced from the practice and the discipline and sort of the strict um, life of prayer and meditation um, and channeling of the force to just kind of whatever the past is dead now we can do what we want Um, and so what, what does that really mean for the practice of being a Jedi or any kind, other kind of Force-sensitive belief, and to and to kind of critique uh, the film a little bit, like like Yoda says that everything that Rey needs to know need to know about being a Jedi, she already has in her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, that's a little bit troubling, actually, because if you if you think back to that scene where she's up on the meditating on the rock, um, she goes straight to the dark side. Yeah, she didn't even try to resist, and it's like, well, wait a minute, that's in her too. Is like. Has anger issues, and this is my other sort of critique. I, as I said earlier in the movie, I thought that the film had some really high highs, but I thought that there were also a lot of threads that weren't taken up or that were taken up poorly. And one of the threads that I thought was kind of left dangling was the fact that Ray clearly has an anger issue, uh, and we see this in um, The Force Awakens too. But you know, she goes straight to the dark side. She has a lot of conflict with the issues of her parents, you know, she almost kills Luke. And if she already has that in her, is that a part of the force? Is that like, you know, something that needs to be tempered? Is that something that needs to be honed? Um, You know, Kylo Ren is also very strong with the force and he clearly has anger issues. I mean, what's the deal with all of the anger here that's not being dealt with? And, um, you know, while I really liked the, the throne room scene um, with Kylo Ren and Rey, I, I think it shows a lot of the problems that they have because they're, they're both untethered from their own tradition mm-hmm. and they kind of feed off each other's anger. Like that scene was amazing because they were doing that, but at the same time it's worrisome. And I think if we contrast that with like Luke's final appearance... Mm-hmm. Like, Luke was definitely taking after Obi-Wan in, in kind of the older tradition, you know, the nonviolence, the, you know, sacrificial um, that he did. And I think that it, that is really great. And I think that without Luke to guide her, I think Ray is going to 
have some problems in the future. Definitely. Well, and it, it also underscores or undermines how that kind of discipline really is something that is active and can even be offensive. A, a priest friend of mine, um, and I were actually talking about the movie a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned how Luke's final battle is kind of emblematic of this idea of active resistance and the same kind of active resistance that, for instance, Mother Teresa was a very big fan of, of sort of calling people on their BS and sort of just doing what it is that needed to be done, but in a very nonviolent way. And Luke, of course, you know, never raises a finger, but his acrobatics and his fighting in that scene, even while, you know, totally nonviolent, is a kind of fighting, or at least making Kylo Ren fight against himself. And it's something that it very much is missing from the throne room scene, as awesomely well shot as it was, and as beautifully choreographed it was. Have to give props there. It, you know, was kind of unbalanced. And if the film kind of seems to be going in this trajectory of, you know, gray Jedi, light and dark being balanced, that the Clone Wars has played with, and that the prequels kind of played with, and that the whole Darth Vader arc kind of played with, it, this is where they're going with what really is the Kylo Ren story. As much as the story is about Rey, too, it, it's ultimately, I think, going to be about whether or not Kylo Ren gets redeemed. Um, but if it's going in that way, what does that mean if that entire line of Jedi discipline is just lost? Yeah, and if it just becomes kind of more about themselves and self-discovery, then I think they're going to run into some problems. Um, you know, when Yoda appears to Luke... Um, you know, he's, he talks about the purpose of being a master is for your students to be to grow beyond you. Uh, but there's still that need to grow with a master. Right. Like, growing beyond that master means you didn't need that master in the first place. Um, and that actually reminds me of this great um, C.S. Lewis quote, actually. Um, and he, he talking about uh, the Word of God and kind of the Bible, he says, um, "...it is Christ himself, not the Bible, who is the true Word of God." The Bible, read in the right spirit and with the guidance of good teachers, will bring us to him. Um, and I think if we look at the, uh, you know, kind of God as, as the force and, and, and that discipline, you know, right now, Ray has those, still does have those Jedi texts, actually. Um, yeah. And so she's going to be reading those. But imagine if we, as Christians, you know, we airdropped, like, some Bibles into a, an area where people had never... Path. Yeah, what the penguins in Antarctica? <laughs> yes, and you know, and these penguins started reading the the Bible like just by themselves. They would have no idea. You know, I think about an Acts with the you know the Ethiopian who was trying to read the Bible by himself and had to get guidance by it. You know, the, this is you, you can't just read these texts and go on what you know in your heart to be right. You have to have that that guidance. Right, and. Honestly, I mean, and this is us coming out as apostolic Christians, and please, we want to hear feedback. Um, but at least from our perspectives and our traditions, the importance of a tradition here, and again, what does it mean if a tradition is totally abolished? Yeah, and, and you know, for us, it, it's it's about 
that remembrance of the past. You know, my, my priest has always told us, um, you know, we are people who remember. Um, and so we have all of these things where we're remembering people from the past. We're remembering the saints. We're remembering the apostolic fathers. Um, and we're reading them and we're reading these these texts. And, and that's the thing. Like, I have friends who are not Orthodox or Catholic who read these ancient fathers, but they're reading them out of context. And so they're like, oh, these are really neat, but they're not getting that full context. They're not getting everything from that that they could right. be. Yeah, definitely. Um, but something that's really interesting with the, the Jedi Order um, is well, that— Well, the getting rid of the entire tradition anyway um, is that— and sorry for cutting you off, is that it's also Luke and Yoda kind of admitting the epic flaws and the epic failure of the Jedi up to this point. Yeah, which is something that a lot of the films, or almost none of the films, were willing to admit. Like, Obi-Wan never really admits his kind of failings in in the prequels, and, and, and even Yoda is not kind of glances over that and doesn't talk about that. Like, the, the trilogy, the original trilogy almost has this kind of unspoken shame that Yoda and Obi-Wan have that they never fully tell Luke about. Right. Yeah, it's, like, kind of left in hints and glimpses, and we kind of see how this epic shame is lived out in the Clone Wars series. But nobody ever discusses the fact that they messed up big time until this movie. Yeah, and like, and Luke in that scene is, you know, just lays it out very clearly. They're like, the Jedi Order trained Darth Vader. The the Jedi Order allowed Darth Sidious to rise to power, and it's just, and it really fits into the larger theme of the Last Jedi, which is failure, actually, yeah. um, because everyone in this movie fails at what they're trying to do. Yeah, which is actually really, I think, refreshing and really refreshing for a Christian viewer. To see failure done, and failure done well, I think, for the most part. Yeah, because, you know, talking about kind of our past and remembrance of the past, when we look at the life of the saints, you know, which are kind of our Jedi of the past, if you will, um, they didn't live perfect lives. They had failures, and they were willing to admit that. And, and, and a lot of their stories were about the redemption of their characters. And even, even like the apostles, the apostles had failures. You know, they went into hiding. Uh, Peter denied Christ three times. Right. You know, th these, are, these are failures. And I feel like so often in today's culture, in our stories that we tell, we're afraid to let people fail. Right. And also afraid to realize that out of failure, like things can be used from failure. At the very least, you should be able to grow from failure. And that you can find something even in the worst of your feelings sort of a resolve to do better yeah and um and again going back to that to that yoda speech which, which was just one of my favorite parts of the film actually you know he, he says that he says failure is the greatest teacher mm -hmm. um and you know that that echoed something that my priest had told me you know after i had converted and i was you know living the the orthodox life and i kept failing and he said that the whole thing is to um, you know, keep getting up um, and, and trying again. Um, and and my priest actually quoted Yoda at that point. You know, you know, the, do, do or do not do. There is no try. And so and so, you know, Yoda has been informing my spiritual life for for quite a while now. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right, though, and that, you know, even in an act of contrition after confession, you know, you know that unless you die in a car crash five minutes after leaving the confessional, you know, heaven forbid, that you're going to sin again, but yet you vow to avoid sin and to sin no more. Um, you're going to fail, but that's not the point. It's to keep on trying and to keep on doing and to get better. Um, and I, I think that that's something that we see in most of the characters, or at least glimpses of it, um, throughout the film, which I, I th- it'll be interesting to see how this is picked up in the next movie, but it, it made for a really satisfying um, and compelling second chapter in this trilogy, I thought. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, with this trilogy, how much is dependent upon the next film in the series, yeah. actually, because um, it, it's only as good as how they pick up with it in the next thing, because they keep introducing right. these really amazing themes. Like, I felt like the first one, the theme of friendship was really yeah. kind of the main theme, which I, I was kind of disappointed they they kind of did a little bit, but, like, most of the payoff with the friendship was at the end, because, like, Finn and Ray don't see each other till the end, um, Ray and Poe don't even meet until the last scene right. of the movie. Uh. <laughs> and Finn and Poe's friendship, hey buddy, is only you know given a very brief sort of interlude at the beginning, and then it's just kind of like, oh, and now we're on a mission and not going to actually be friends. So yeah, I, I feel like with these themes of failure and growth, I feel like they really have to capitalize on those in the next film. Um, and so I'm a little worried about that. And we have so long to wait because we have to suffer through this this Han Solo film that's coming up next. Yeah, they're talking about letting the past die, but then they have all of these sort of pre-boots um, of Han Solo and of what happened before the Star Wars trilogy. So do we want the past to die or not? I don't know. We do. And and talking of like character growth, like the, like Han Solo had all of his character growth in New Hope. Like there's no, he can't have any character growth in right. this, this film. Right. Unless like you're seeing sort of like a Breaking Bad-esque, you know, sort of devolution of young innocent Han into the swashbuckling Indiana Jones type which I guess is, since it's Harrison Ford, very fitting. But, um, yeah, it's just like, there's very little interesting movement that I think could happen there. But I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Well, and we'll be sure to have more uh, Star Wars episodes for you in the future. Uh, But for now, we're done with The Last Jedi. Thank you for joining us on Doxacast. I'm Daniel Silver. I'm Adi Mena. I think it's time to let this episode die.